Welcome to the Out of 10 Podcast. My name is Sage Jordan. I'm alone once again, and it is Thursday, February 2nd. Uh, happy February. If you're listening to this, you've made it through the first month of 2023, so congrats to you. Um, I am alone again this week since Michael is still partying up in Jamaica. I think at the exact time that as of me recording this, I think Michael's at a karaoke bar somewhere in Jamaica. Um, but we're going to swap soon because I will be gone and he will be doing the solo episodes. Um, so last week, I really had a themed episode for our album reviews and I put two Eurovision winners head to head. But this week, I'm going to be a bit more loosey-goosey and it's just kind of going to be like a January 2023 roundup. Um, one thing that I am kind of, I don't know, I don't know if it's a negative trait or not a trait, a negative thing I do or a positive thing is... Um, in the early stages of, of 2023, like usually there's big album releases in mid February, kind of <clears throat> kind of around the Valentine's Day time. Um, but I'll still like kind of pull the strings and just listen to almost any new release that somewhat interests me in in uh, January. So maybe some artists that I was like only okay for about, but like I'll give them a listen because there's nothing else, or just like I want to try to bolster my listening, you know, my music listening. Uh, catalog for the month like and start off really strong and kind of get myself into the reviewing mood um but there actually were some pretty good albums from artists that i was excited from but some that you know i usually have maybe listened to in the past but um you know maybe i didn't like them enough to go back to like regularly but they've released an album really early on in january this year so now i'm like ah, eh, you know the only album here i'll give it a chance so uh there's a few albums i actually have I kind of went overboard with my listening in terms of listening to a lot, and I still have a lot that I've listened to, but not enough to rate on this show right now. But I listened to probably like eight to ten albums uh, in January, and there's some I'm still missing. Like I haven't listened to Sam Smith's Gloria album at all. I, I kind of feel like I have to be in a really right mindset for that one. Uh, so I've been kind of listening to to other albums around that, but there was albums from artists that I was actually really excited to listen to. Um, and then some big surprises. So one of them we'll talk about, but, uh, just to kind of give an overview of the albums that I'm going to, uh, talk about, um, to see if you want to listen to my reviews of them, if you care, uh, I'll kind of go from, I don't know, maybe order. So the first album is Strays by Margot Price. So Margot Price is this alt country artist who definitely had, like, I, I feel like outlaw country is kind of the best way to describe her, but her first album that I listened to was back, like six years ago maybe um and that was called midwest farmer's daughter and that was like really like yeehaw outlaw country kind of like your chris stapleton's your uh Sergio simpsons but with like uh, a female singer and that was a fun album i actually really enjoyed that for a country album and then that's how rumors get started kind of uh that was out i think during the pandemic or just before the pandemic i think maybe like i have to double check that date on that i, I know i know it's a 2020 album um, and that one was kind of a bit more of like a closer to Fleetwood Mac type album, like definitely more country folk, uh, in a way. And I thought it was okay. And then now we have strays in 2023, which is, uh, yeah. So a first in like three years. Um, and I've liked, you know, Margot Price, it's like, she's, I like her enough where I've listened to her albums, but I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I decided I would listen to this and, um, I'm, so that was one of them. Uh, I'm not going to go to the reviews yet. I'm going to list all of them. So, uh, and then I got Five Easy Hot Dogs by Mac DeMarco. We've talked a lot about Mac DeMarco 
uh, on the history of the show. I think we've only been able to review one of his albums since uh, we've started this show, which was this, uh, not this old dog. Was it? No, it wasn't this old dog. It was, um, oh man, Here Comes the Cowboy, I think. Yeah, Here Comes the Cowboy, I think that album's called. Back, I think that one's also a pandemic album, like 2020 or 20, oh, maybe 2019 actually. Um, and then who else we have? We got um we are scientists a band that i they're big they're big like garage rock revival band from the 2000s that i'm still a fan of i think they're still putting out some good stuff so i didn't know but they were they released an album so their album lobes came out on january 20th i got ava max's diamond and dance floors i'm actually a big fan of ava max i actually think she has a lot of potential so i checked that album out pretty quickly um sg lewis's audio lusts and higher love so sg lewis actually was uh his debut album times it's his debut. Yeah, his debut album Times came out in 2021, and that made my top 10 albums of the year. It was like one of the most perfect, kind of lonely dance floor EDM house albums I've listened to. Um, and I was really, you know, impressed by that. So, um, and he released a song Call on Me uh, on Two Way Lose album. So I was really excited for his production and see what he comes out with. And then uh, the big surprise here, which is. Um, Let's start here by Lil Yachty, which is, it's kind of funny. I think I'm going to actually start here with Lil Yachty. Let's kind of do a bit of reverse order. But let's start here by Lil Yachty. I think everyone's kind of heard of Lil Yachty. You may not have listened to him. Uh, but Lil Yachty kind of came out in the, oh, a while back now. I want to say like 2015 with a few mixtapes. But he's definitely a mumble rap. He started off as one of those mumble rappers who was kind of in the same sphere as like a young thug. Where he kind of had like a weird voice like, golden minnesota um and then he's kind of even though he seems like a really chill guy he doesn't seem like uh he doesn't seem like gang related at all i don't know the weird way to put that but he just like doesn't he really comes off like and i think that kind that's kind of where some people show him is that he kind of comes off as like a playground version of other lil rappers like a little baby or a little um yeah like a little baby or any of the other ones like he just comes off like a maybe like a a storybook preschool kindergarten version where like he's more lighthearted and his music isn't as like deep or talks about um you know lower town gang issues like it's a bit more lighthearted and fun um like he was friggin green lantern in one of the teen titans animated movies if that gives you an idea of how he is um so lil yachty um so yeah he's kind of been a mumble rapper um had a few mixtapes back in the day there was lil boat which came out like in 2016 which is like, okay, it's kind of like, I think some people just hate it, but it's definitely like, it's, I think Bubblegum Trap was kind of some of the pe way that people described it, which like it's trap music, but it definitely just has like this lighthearted feel. Um, so he kind of came off like trap music for like summer vacation in a way. And then Teenage Emotions came out, which like really, which is his full debut album, which, uh, you know, it did really well, um, like sales wise, but it's pretty it's it's pretty unanimously seen as a pretty like meh bad album like pretty all over the place like just lacks any cohesion um just seems like a quantity over quality album because it's like 21 tracks and the song i remember the most is bring it back which is like a straight up fucking like 80s 80s pop track like maybe see if i can play it here uh so He's like his best song is to me isn't even a rap album. It's a friggin' eighties jam. So let me see. Yeah. Bring it back. 
So, and he's not a great singer. Like, he's on key, but, like, I wouldn't say he's a great singer. Um, but ever since then, he's released, like, four out, al- oh, no, three albums, like, Lil Boat 2 and 3, uh, Nothing to Prove, which, um, I think they've all kind of just been seen as, like, meh. Like, nothing great. Like, I think there's a lot of good, uh, feature artists that have come up on these albums. Like, he has Migos and Playboy Cardi and a lot of stuff. But nothing's been seen as good. And that, and, he ha- and uh, Lil Boat was the last one in 2020. Yeah, 2020. And then he had one mixtape, which came out called Michigan Boy Boat, which um, I'll be honest, I never listened to. But it's because I was kind of already like out of the, the Lil Yachty like, sphere. And then the only time I think I've heard Lil Yachty in the last like two years or so was out of nowhere. He comes out on a remix of uh, Tame Impala's um, Breathe Deeper. And I was like, what the hell? Like Yachty on a Tame Impala track? Like really weird. Um, but now it kind of all makes sense now because, um, this album, let's start here is a, I mean, we've kind of, Michael and I've been kind of been talking about it on the side, but it's, it's kind of like his, um, it's like his version of Childish Gambino's, uh, what's that album called now? <laughs> Uh, it's like, or like, um, Kid Cudi's like not bad as speeding, but bolt to heaven, but like they're, they're kind of their, their move into rock music or into psychedelic rock. Um, so, you know, Kid Cudi did that with speeding bolt to heaven. Um, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover did awaken my love in 2016. So when he went from two albums to like kind of this psychedelic album that had R and B, some rock vibes, some rap, but like just wasn't a full rap album at, at all. And Lil Yachty's done that 180 here with let's start here and this is a full psychedelic rock album there's no rap at all um there is some r&b vibes and elements here because there are some r&b artists that are featured but this is a full like psychedelic rock album like the first song i'll just play called the black seminole um this is just straight up like a pink floyd um song so uh let's see if i can forward on here So, I mean, again, Lil Yachty, not the best singer, but when a psychedelic rock album comes on, it's almost like not even being vocally on track. It's just kind of adding to the trip. So he's kind of floating ethereally over this like Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon-esque spacey guitar instrumental. And like when you first hear this, this is like a seven minute intro track. And it's kind of like this trip where you're like, shit, like I'm tearing up and there's a guitar solos and everything. Um, One big thing too is uh, a writer, um, there's two writers on this, or with Lil, Lil Yachty, one of the, there's a, I guess like a whole set of same writers in this album, but one of the biggest ones is Patrick Wimberly. So if you've never heard of Patrick Wimberly, he is actually the second half of the band Chairlift. So if you ever listen to Chairlift, um, obviously Carolyn Polachek is the female lead singer, and Patrick Wimberly has been like the guy in that group. So ever since they've broken up, Patrick's kind of been more on the producing side um, since uh, Chairlift kind of broke up. Um, but yeah, like he is like fully like a writer on all these songs on this album. You also get, um, who else is on some that that was pretty big. Oh, um, friggin Benjamin Goldwasser, who is one of the members of MGMT. So if that gives you an idea of like the psychedelic stuff you're getting those two, there you go. Um, and this album's like, okay, this one's a little weird because a lot of people are kind of calling this like a masterpiece. Cause it's of course it's Lil Yachty who like has a really low floor 
releasing something with like substance and that has like instrumentally um and sonically is like you know just leagues above what he's done in the past and i will give him credit i think out of these albums you know like charles gambino there are issues with awaken my love but i think he's done he, that was a good transition this album is kind of just maybe a little like just a tad tad a step below that like very close but a really surprising switch off and it is kind of crazy how he's just switched from trap to psychedelic rock um just from the influence of him hanging out with the tim Paula guys hanging out with patrick wimberly um so i was really surprised by this album so i actually when michael was on vacation he was like telling me he was telling me like i'm listening to this album that album and i said like have you listened to yachty yet and he's like no what why why would i listen to yachty and i was like just do it and the minute it came in he was like holy fuck i think the surprise factor hit michael more because he's on vacation to the point where when he rates this album he's gonna rate it high i think like um pitchfork rated this album a six and i think michael was kind of like mad about that um so I will give the credit where credit's due in terms of being the full transformation, and I think it's really exciting that he did that, and he did it really good, but it's his first try doing it, and there are a lot of bumps in the road. I think lengthwise may be an issue. I mean, psychedelic albums are pretty long, but I do feel like this album does kind of drone on at points. Maybe if you were high on shrooms or something, this album is perfect length for you. I don't know, but I was not high at all when I listen to this album so maybe I have to redo it when I'm high or something uh but yeah this album's 57 minutes 14 tracks um it is impressive by how well he just flew into it um there are some really good guest vocalists on here I think I'll play uh Drive Me Crazy which I think is actually a fun track we talked about the Bring It Back now it's like a fun funky song that out of nowhere Drive Me Crazy just this like really old like 70s funky soul track out of nowhere um and diana gordon has is a guest vocalist on <laughs> three tracks and diana gordon's always been a really impressive feature artist every time she pops in i really think she steals the show i think the last time that i've kind of seen her in a feature was her in um mark ronson's album in 2019 late nine feelings she just kind of comes out there and kind of steals the show on her feature song there uh so this is a really fun track, but again, like y- Yachty's not really in it as much. Like, kind of it's Diana who tears it up. Like, that's the thing is that it's not Yachty himself who tears up this album. It's like everyone around him who is like kind of bought into his curation. So it's like a weird album to review because yeah, it's a little Audi album. But as an artist, I'm not sure like how much of just him has made this album. It's kind of weird, but I do enjoy the album. I think it's fun. I recommend everyone listen to it i think it's like kind of this crazy 180 where i'm really surprised by it um and yeah there's some really good shit like the black seminole is really good i think pretty uh is really good the zone i think yeah uh no no uh failure has fucking like mac demarco on it as a writer and i think he actually might play guitar on it um you also got um who else is on this album you got uh ant clemens is on one of the tracks he's on uh, we saw the sun because that's a bit of a really like crazy five minute over five minute long song uh jano sees on the last track reach the sunshine is really feels like an end of a trip song like it's kind of an atmosphere closer it's not like so it kind of drones on for some people but um i think i still think it's worth it but um yeah uh in the end i i i like, I kind of have to go back to see how I rated Awaken My Love, which was on the very first episode of the show. And I gave that album, like, a 7.6. 
So that's kind of where the ceiling is when it comes to these 180s. Like, even though it's really impressive, I still think like as a whole, there are better psychedelic albums. And if this psychedelic, if this album was made by someone that wasn't Lil Yachty, it might get lower or it might get about the same. So that's kind of how I looked at it too. Uh, but in the end, I give them a 7.2. I think Michael's probably going to give it a way higher score. But I do think there are some holes in it. I am excited to see what he does in the future because um, this is obviously just like his first foray in psychedelic rock. And I think if he takes more time and makes a second one that kind of follows it up, like he could tear it up. So I'm excited. Uh, good job, Lil Yachty. 7.2. So it has issues, but it's still a recommend for me, like a high recommend. Like I think everyone should listen to it. So 7.2 for Lil Yachty's Yet Start Here. All right, um, which one should I do next? Um, I'm not going to go in or Okay, maybe I will talk about Margot Price next because it kind of keeps the psychedelic vibe in a way. So Margot Price, kind of, I mentioned her in the um, early part of this episode, Margot Price is this kind of outlaw country, country folk artist, has um, some really southern like yeehaw vibes, um, but music-wise has kind of been like Sturgill Simpson, uh, Chris Stapleton, and Strays is again it's like a psychedelic it's more of a psychedelic rock album so the first song is called been to the mountain um so from that title alone you can kind of be like hey that's obviously like some drug inducing type album but it definitely is a psychedelic rock album as well um but has some really really good tracks in the middle um maybe i'll just zoom up further been to mountain so again this classic like southern psychedelic rock with Margo's voice. Um, this album's 10 songs, 46 minutes, so it's not that long. And really, it's because there's like two long songs in here, but one of them may be one of my favorite songs of the year so far. Um, and that's called County Road. And County Road, it sucks because like when I look at the total plays on Spotify, it's one of the lower ones. But I think you gotta like really listen to that one because it's like a really Stevie, like Stevie Nicks ish, like Rumors era, like Silver Springs songbird type song um just a really beautifully like produced and mixed song um where i feel like margot price's voice like really goes in the stevie nicks vibe and i'm always weak to stevie nicks sounding songs so i'll just play it yeah i'll just keep plays in the background for a bit and Margot Price, because of the outlaw country vibe, I know like she has a good voice, but like you never thought I never thought she could really like tear it up this way. But she did in the song. Yeah, so really good song. Um, just those one song that's really fun and has Sharon Van Etten on it called Radio. Uh, Lucius is on one song called Anytime You Call, so of course that combo. Lucius is they're just amazing. Like, um, I think the two vocalists, Justin, Justin Holly. Obviously, we heard them uh, as guest vocalists on that last War on Drugs album. But they are just very fun, and they're really good feature artists as well. So whenever they pop up on an album, it's always like, "Damn, they're here!" Um, as like this really fun. Um, I don't know, kind of like Fleetwood Mac ask like '70s country pop, folk pop. Um, but I do think. I mean, I'm not gonna say a lot about Strays. I just think that it's a really strong it's a tight tight strong kind of um country folk album but really listen to country uh county road listen to been up been to the mountain to kind of hear the, that psychedelic rock vibe and hear radio by sharon van etten for a good back and forth uh i'm not not too much to say about it i just think it's a strong album i'll give it a six point it's a six no sorry uh seven point 
uh, four on this one. So just a bit above the Lil Yachty album. Again, like there is a limit to my country. And if it's not Casey Musgraves or Orville Peck, it's probably just like somewhere around the seven, even if it's a good album. Uh, but yeah, 7.4 for Margot Price on that one. Um, what should I do next? I guess I'll keep going. Okay, let's go five easy hot dogs. That one came out January 20th, Mac DeMarco. So Mac DeMarco, um, I mean, we're, we've kind of been up and down on Mac, De, Mac DeMarco over the last few years. Obviously, Mac DeMarco, Canadian musician from Vancouver. Or uh, no, it's not Vancouver. Somewhere, somewhere in British Columbia. I think that's where he's born, like Victoria or something like that. Um, and he kind of does this like jazzy slacker rock i think he's called it jizz jazz <laughs> um but it's like kind of this chill slacker rock that has dad vibes but definitely like music that 19 year olds would smoke to um i think another band that kind of has similar some similar instrumentals um is men i trust especially when it comes to like bass like funky bass lines they kind of have very similar ones where they're, they're like this chill canadian slacker rock but man i trust still has a bit of a different like ethereal story like ethereal vibe just because of their lead singers vocals where mac definitely has like a yeah bruh uh kind of slacker boy like pizza delivery boy (laughs) vibe to him so his first two albums i think michael and i fucking love i think like um number two well his first like mini lp is rock and roll nightclub amazing um his album called number two and Salad Days in 2012 and 2014, I still think are his best albums. And then this old dog, kind of a bit too dad rocky for me. And then here comes the cowboy. I think Michael was meh on it, but I thought it was a pretty good return to form. I don't think it was as good. Like Again, it wasn't like an 8 out of 10 album for me. I think it was still like a mid-7. But I think it kind of brought back the Mac DeMarco I was liking in his first few albums. But there's some weird-ass songs like Choo Choo in there that I kind of like really annoyed Michael with. But All of Our Yesterdays, really good track. Um, so then five easy hot dogs kind of got announced out of nowhere, like in December, um, and said it was coming out January 20th. So I was like, cool. Oh no, it was announced January 4th and released on January 20th. So very short time frame. Um, but it is just entirely instrumental and he just like wrote it during a road trip. So, and then all, all the songs are kind of named after like cities or areas. And there's like multiple songs. So there's like Vancouver one, Vancouver two and Vancouver three. So this almost feels like just like random jam music that he made while traveling through these cities or just the vibe the cities gave to him. And honestly, the album's like pretty boring. Um, no, none of the songs are over three minutes. I think they're all like within like the two minute to like two forty minute minute on average and they're really just like jam rock snippets that like don't really go anywhere so if i just play maybe like vancouver 2 which i think is one of my favorite ones because it just this one actually feels like you're floating on a lazy river um but it's not exciting there's just nothing that happens like at worst some of this like most of the stuff is just like really bad elevator music um and i just it's just kind of disappointing for Mac DeMarco. Like, I get, like, it's, he does Slacker Rock, and this is a Slacker Rock album, but there's just nothing going on. I'm trying to think of another one that was really good. Maybe um, Chicago? Chicago's got a bit more of a funky bass line, but again, it's just boring. So, I mean, that's... I might go forward in it. A little more funky. Um... 
So I, I was very disappointed. I know, I mean, I was excited to see that he announced it now, but then when I saw it, it was instrumental. I was like, uh, I kind of didn't like, uh, he made one mini LP like five years ago called another one, which was kind of like that. Like it was this really like sad, like really sad music. Um, it was definitely like coffee shop music and I got bored by that one too. And this kind of feels like that vibe too. Like I'm kind of disappointed. Um, I wouldn't actually recommend anyone. I think like maybe if you just want like really background elevator music or coffee shop music, sure, plop it on if you're a Mac DeMarco fan. But I honestly think you can skip it. I'll give this about like a 5.2 or something like that. Like it's not, it's like, I wouldn't say, cause it's not bad. It's just boring. There's just nothing there. So it's not bad to the point where I can give it a sub five, but really I won't recommend it to anyone. Disappointed Mac DeMarco. Um, sad. Uh, I got three more, I think. Yeah, yeah. So then I got. Uh... So these ones are all good, though. I got We Are Scientists, Lobes, Ava Max, Diamonds and Dance Floors, and Audio Lesson, SG Lewis. Lobes is the weird one. Let's go first with that one. Uh, my, we Are Scientists. Maybe I'll just play um, Human Resources. Um, so, We Are Scientists, they, they're a band that I have, like, kind of just like. I don't know. I'm weak to. They're this band from New York, um, indie rock, post punk, garage rock revival band from. I think they started in like the two like 2000, but their first big album was called "With Love and Squalor," which came out 2005. And there's really two really good songs on. Well, I mean, the whole album's super fun. Really short, like a shotgun blast, 36 minutes, 12 songs. Um, but nobody moved, nobody get hurt, and the Great Escape made it on like so many video game soundtracks in that time. Um, like I think they were they were on Burnout, they were on an NHL maybe. Um, what else were they on? But they were on like a fucking ton of video game soundtracks in that time. And Ariel Ariel Rekshide was the producer on that. And Ariel Rekshide, I'm, I'm a fan of how Ariel um, really um, produces. I just think that he makes stuff really clear. Where like all, like the thuds and the bangs and like the, the that the drums need to give. Like the oomphs that the drums need to give. The bass lines. Um, and even just like the way the guitar attacks. Um, he's really good at balancing out, and that album like really tears it up. Um, so I've always been a fan of Weird Scientists, and I've kind of always paid attention to what they've released. Um, but I mean, their album, the rest of the albums into the 2000s were just like kind of okay. And then in 2014, out of nowhere, I decided to listen to this album, their album TV en Français, and that album I fucking love. No one talks about it, no one reviewed it, nothing. But that album, 34 minutes, 10 tracks. I think there's no there's no fill in that album. I think every song is amazing and just is super fun. Even the slow songs like Courage, I think are still really good and have good crescendos. So that kind of like rejuvenated my uh, my love for them. And even though that album's nine years old now, uh, it's it still brought me up. And Helter Helter Seltzer and Megaplex, which came out after that, um, they're okay. Nothing crazy. Um, and then I even think they released an album called Huffy out of nowhere in 2021, which I, I will be open and say I never listened to. But Loeb's out of nowhere um, has a cool album art of like a car parked in like, I don't know, L.A. or California uh, at a sunset. And Loeb's is like in a neon light in the, the front of the car. I was like, I'll listen to this. And the thing with We Are Scientists is that they're not breaking, they're not breaking the mold or like reinventing the wheel. It's just like this really di fun digestible indie rock uh they're three piece so it's just like really simple bass guitar drums they're adding more synth in their elements lately um 
just to add an element of difference to, from compared to their first albums. And I definitely feel the way they write this is that they have a good chorus and a hook, and then they kind of make that first and they build out the uh, rest of the song. And that's maybe where the weakness is, is that some of these songs, like Human Resources has a really catchy chorus. Some other songs like Here Goes, Settle Accounts, super fun choruses, but maybe there's parts where the verses just feel a little lacking or they feel a little formulaic or the point where like you can't if you really study one verse from another they kind of may sound the same or may have the same delivery but then the choruses like blow you blow them apart right um and even when i go back to i think also when i reviewed this in a bubble and just this album alone i was like really like wow this is fun i can't like they're always knocking it out of the park in terms of just like really fun stuff but then when you go back and listen to like an older album from them you're like okay you, this is the same formula so kind of when you like listen to weird scientists as a, as a whole you're like ah it's the same stuff same stuff but in bubbles you're like oh it's still fun though still the fun stuff um but this album's like again short 10 songs 36 minutes that's the good thing with weird scientists is that it's there's not too much filler i think there are some songs that may go a little too long like um i think is it uh turn it up turn it up uh let me just remember yeah turn it up this song um, has some pretty meh verses, but it's a song that like builds up, and then once you get to the end, the song has a really good crescendo and climax. Uh, I'll just play a snippet of it there. Um, but I think it's a really fun album. I think it's probably one of my favorites of the year so far, just from it being just like laid back fun. So that album's like a 7.6, uh, which may be one of the higher albums I rate this week, even though I think overall the, the these are some pretty decent albums. So Lobes, 7.6. Give it a listen if you like some old bands from 2005. Uh, give it a listen. Um, and then I'll go Diamonds and Dance Floors with Ava Max. Ava Max! I think everyone's heard of Ava Max by now. I think Ava Max kind of came out of nowhere in 2020 with her album Heaven and Hell. Some really good 80s, 80s disco pop and 90s Euro pop influence pop music. Um, I think everyone's heard probably Kings and Queens. So this is it from her last album. I think everyone's heard that. Uh, I really like this album. I think it was fun. Uh, maybe the only issue is that um, it's pretty long. It's like a 47-minute album. It's like 16 tracks. And I guess because a lot of these songs were released ahead of time, like like Sweet But Psycho. A lot of these came out of singles, so it got overplayed a lot. So some people might be annoyed um, when they hear some of these songs now. But I thought at the time, really fun album, really cool debut. Uh, so I was kind of like always on the radar to see what she came out with next. And I will admit, I don't think I really listened to a lot of the singles that came out, except maybe Million Dollar Baby. Um, and this album was actually supposed to come out in 2002, but then I think the performance of her singles actually probably didn't hit the mark in terms of how her original stuff did, so they delayed it and kind of put it in a January release. But this album... Pretty fun. I think it kind of lives up to the hype that I have for Ava Max. I think she kind of hit the potential that I think I expected of her. It's a fun album, again, which has very 80s disco pop influence and 90s zero pop. I will say it is kind of feels like her trying to do Dua Lipa's future nostalgia. I think when you listen to the vibe of some of the tracks, they're just so similar. So if I play Million Dollar Baby, I just feel like she's trying to kind of grab onto the same, the same, like, 80s exercise vibe that Future Nostalgia had and try to make it her own. Um, so there's a lot of same me, same me in there, but for a lot of people, you could just be like, damn, I wanted 
I love Future Nostalgia. I want more of that shit. I don't really care who gives it to me. And Diamonds and Dance Floors will get that for you. Um, but man, it's such a it's an album where I think like again it's it's again it's radio it's radio pop. It's not the greatest music, but production wise, it fucking nails the park. Like I don't know who the producers. I think the it's mostly um, Circuit Circuit. Um, he's a Canadian producer. That's when I know he's from Toronto. But he's been producing stuff since like for like ten over ten years now. Um, you've probably heard a lot of his stuff, but he produced a lot of Ava Max's Heaven and Hell. Um, but he basically produced this whole album. And just the way he knocks it out of the park is amazing. Like, I think Ava Max is... Ava Max does... Like, she's a decent vocalist. She nails it where she needs to. I think it's just a really well-executed... Like, really well-executed just, like, disco pop album. Like, I think it's really fun. Um, and to the point where right when it ended, because the album feels short, this album's only just under 40 minutes, like 39 minutes, and right when it ended, I was like, I can go back, and I turned it, I restarted it right again, because it's just that fun, it's just classic, like, club bangers, I I would love to hear all these in dance clubs for the next few, like, year or two, um, it's just fun, I'm trying to think of some of my other favorite songs, um, I will say, like, it, the first six tracks are pretty are, are pretty bangers. Million Dollar Baby to Weapons. Then it I kind of it kind of dips again till I think maybe turn off the lights. Yeah, let's turn off the lights. And then it kind of gets good again. So there's really like I think the two weak tracks are probably the title track itself, Diamonds Dance Floors and In the Dark. Then it kind of bounces back up after Turn Off the Lights, One of Us, um, Get Out of My Heart, and Cold as Ice. But I mean, there's some there's some big bangers. I actually don't know what my favorite song is because I think they're all pretty equal. I would say probably listen to Million Dollar Baby, um, listen to Get Out of My Heart, I'll play it right now. This is a fun ass chorus. Yeah, I don't know, it's just a super fun album, I recommend it to everyone if you want like future nostalgia sounding disco pop. Um, it's just like, just shut your mind off. It's really fun. Um, I'm impressed by this album. I think that she's probably a mainstay now in pop from here on out. Um, I think it's just fun to have like this Euro pop stuff still prominent or prominent in uh, in top 40 pop. Um, I just think it, I really, like again, like I guess one issue is that, like, again, they're just kind of like the way Heaven and Hell was built was like the, there's no like cohesive theme and narrative across the album. Like it, this is basically just, here are shiny dance floor beats. Um, so don't expect like anything with substance, just expect club bangers. And if that's what you're looking for and you come in and you like all the songs, there you go. Um, so this album actually gave it a 7.8, which is actually going to be the highest score of my week. So Ava Max I'm high on. So 7.8 for Ava Max's Diamonds and Dance Floors. Um, and I guess we get to my last one. So I, I took this in a record pace, trying to finish this, um, within 45 minutes. Um, the last one, Audio Lust and Higher Love. So I'm trying to think of what song I should play. Um, maybe Lifetime, because it's kind of it's kind of vibe, it's a cool vibe. So, SG Lewis, um, this one's gonna be a bit of a tough review on it, because I really was surprised by my ranking on here, because I was like, oh, maybe it is higher, but I don't know, I don't know. So, um, SG Lewis is a British producer and songwriter um, from Reading in the UK. Um, so, SG Lewis has done a lot of production and songwriting for other artists that you know um trying to think what he he's written um 
He's written Hallucinate. He wrote, he, yeah, he helped write uh, Hallucinate off Fusion Nostalgia. He helped write Live to Survive by Moo off Motordrome, which is a really fun song um, from that came out last year. Uh, also, one song from Jesse Ware's What Your Pleasure. Love that album. And then on Tuve Lu's album, um, Dirt Femme, which came out last year, he made Call On Me and Pineapple Slice with her. Really, which I, I would argue are the two of the best tracks on that album. So, Ashley Lewis is a really talented songwriter and producer. And when Times came out two years ago, I came out of surprise. It came out of nowhere. It was like, again, that album came out like February 19th. So it was one of those where I was like, ah, eh, the big albums haven't come out yet. I'll listen to this. And then there was some great features in there. Rye. I mean, obviously, this is like right before Rye's. Um, this is like right before Rye's like controversy with the sexual abuse, um, which is like funny because like I think when that album came out, they like clearly said featuring Rye on the album, and then they actually removed rye completely from the credits so when you go on spotify now and look at that first track time you don't even see rye as a featured artist now they just removed him completely um so it had rye it had lucky day nile rogers which is amazing um francis who i've never heard of before um and then but i don't know where we had robin on there with channel trace um so i was really surprised and that album was super fun came out as one of my favorite like albums of the year really fun I don't know, just a really fun and tight, like, dance floor album um, with, like, disco and house influence. So, yeah, I recommend go back to that album. And then we have Audio Lust and Higher Love, which uh, came out on the 27th, I believe. Let me double check. Um, yeah, January 27th. The So, I will say, I am not... I am so somewhat positive on this album, but I am negative compared to how Times was. Times was such a great album for me. Such a great debut. Um, and I think this one may be a little too long for my liking and has too much filler and doesn't kind of have a cohesive, like the what, best thing about times is that it felt like it was the score for an episode of a night out. Like the minute you left your house to go to the bar, the club, that's when the first song started. And then it like carried on from your cab ride, your Uber ride into the club and then into like the night after, like on your walk home back from the club. It felt like the perfect soundtrack to that whole event of a night. Which is why I called it, it's called times. Um, but this album doesn't have that cohesion. It does feel like it's kind of like a bigger album where he's kind of um, put more album or put more songs that like, I, I, I guess like, yeah, just like put more songs in general to the point where it doesn't have that strong and narrative and flow that the first album had. Um, so, but the first two songs flow intro and infatuation infatuation. I think it's a good track, but it kind of sounds exactly like something from the last album, but not as good. Um, he put in call on me with Tuve Lu on here. It's kind of like the, but again, and the sad thing is, is that, or not sad thing, but I guess the rough thing is that it ends up being the best song on the album to me. <laughs> um, it's still the most hype. Um, and then Eshi Lewis relies more on his vocals on this album. So he's not a bad vocalist. He's got like a, he's got a fine voice, but sometimes I don't think he has the excitement that's needed for this album. There are sometimes where he sings and he's kind of a bit too monotone for the beat. Um, that one song I played, Lifetime, kind of fits because it's a bit like this. It's kind of like a love, a lovey-dovey track where it doesn't need. Um, high vocal range it just kind of needs like a, a vibe to it so he fits in that but there's some songs where i feel like he's a little too quiet so that kind of knocks me too the length uh 15 songs an hour long where times was about 40 minutes so you're at an extra like 20 minutes this album and i think you could have cut some stuff um one of my biggest 
flaws in this album. So halfway through the album, the ninth track called Epiphany, it's like, again, it's kind of like Back to Marco. It's like elevator house music. It just doesn't go anywhere. But it is an 8-minute, 45-minute track that goes nowhere. It's literally, I'll just, it sucks I'm switching from Calling Me to Epiphany. It's just this. It's just loungy music. It's literally like glossy waiting music for a dentist office or something. And it's just smack dab in the middle. And it's right after one of the best songs on the album, which is called Fever Dreamer, which has Charlotte Day Wilson and Channel Trace. That album, that song hypes you up and it's a good five minute track. And you get this out of nowhere. And I th I'm wondering if it's because I think as the title's called Audio Love, Audio Lesson Higher Love, it's almost like two halves, right? So track one to track eight um, is the audio less version where it's a bit more of these like high key dance tracks. And then you get this as like this transition song. And then the last uh, six songs are Higher Love where it's a bit more of this lovey-dovey music where it's more hit related to his vocals even um the one fun track on this side of the tra uh, album is called vibe like this with ty dollar sign on lucky day and this is almost like him doing his own calvin harris funk wave bounces song it's very just very tropical dance vibes but it's a fun track and i think if he had more of this i actually would have liked it but i do think that the songs are just vocally carried by him and that are slower just really knock the album down a notch where i was less favorable to it than times even though times has songs with his vocals they're not there as much like he doesn't it's not doesn't rely on it as much i think fall is kind of the biggest song that has that um but this album just like kind of got too long on that vibe um and i don't really know the songwriting process or you know the vibe of why he wrote it this way or what the song like what he went through um, life-wise that caused him to write these more lovey-dovey songs if you found like a love of his life you got married I'm not sure um, but it just comes off as like a little too more too monotone compared to what I need from SG Lewis and that's what really knocked the album down plus like the length and how long it felt so this album I was really surprised by it in the end I gave it a 6.8 out of 10 which is to me is a pretty like C plus score like it's um but I do really like some songs on it I do think that um Call on me, missing you, fever dreamer, lifetime, vibe like this, maybe even something about your love, are all songs I would give like above an eight to. But there's just too much filler, and like that epiphany song just really ruins it for me. Um, so it might bump up to a seven something as the year goes on, because I had I'm, I'm gonna have all these songs in my rotation for a while, but I'm just disappointed by how how it came out compared to times and. I guess it is a mature follow-up emotionally, but in terms of what I'm looking for from Ashley Lewis, it doesn't hit the mark I'm looking for. So 6.8 out of 10. So those are my reviews for the week. Um, I guess I'll give a quick rundown of them. So the first one was Lil Yachty's Let's Start Here, surprising psychedelic rock album. I gave that a 7.2 out of 10. Could go up. We'll see. Uh, Margot Price's Strays, 7.4 out of 10. Fun psychedelic rock album with a lot of outlaw country vibes. Give it a listen. Mac DeMarco's Five Easy Hot Dogs. Gave it a 5.2. Don't recommend it. Loaves by We Are Scientists, 7.6. Fun album. Check it out. Diamonds and Dance Floors by Ava Max. Fun disco pop. Um, top 40 pop. 7.8. Best review of my week, surprisingly. And Ashley Lewis's Audio Lesson Higher Love, 6.8 out of 10. 
So that was it for me for this week. Um, I may be alone again for one more episode and then it's back to Michael after that as I move, go to Florida. Don't move to Florida. I just travel to Florida for vacation. But other albums that we uh, may listen to. Sam Smith's Gloria, still on the, on the docket to get reviewed. I gave a listen to Samia's Honey. Samia is this kind of bedroom pop artist, R&B artist. Um, I'm kind of iffy on that album, going to be honest. The, the opener's fucking strong and then it really dips after that. Fucked Ups One Day, hardcore punk band from Toronto. Kimbra is a reckoning, New Zealand artist. We love Kimbra. Haven't gone there. And February 3rd, uh, tomorrow, the some big hitters. We got New York City by the men. I'm, I'm Actually, I'm the only one excited about that. Shania's Queen of Me. Um, she's coming back. Um, and the one one of the ones that is heavily, heavily hyped, and it's Young. Young. Young Fathers Heavy Heavy. And Young Fathers is a really exciting group. Really, really exciting group where they're very genre-defying. Um, they are kind of like mostly R&B, but like they're very experimental, and I really love their stuff. Um, uh, listen to In My View from their album like five years ago, Coco Sugar. Very fun song. Um, that album's gained rave reviews. And then um, Ray, R-A-Y-E. Um, she's been getting some good stuff. And her album, My 21st Century Blues, comes out. So we'll see how good that is. Uh, but you've probably heard the song Escapism with 070 Shake. That's kind of the big one. Uh, yeah, so that was it for this week of At It Then, uh, those six album reviews. Uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at At A Ten Podcast, and go to At A Ten Podcast dot com to uh, I don't know see our archives of all our um, past episodes. And we we should be bringing back our top songs of the month, like a monthly playlist. But um, we're just not good at coordinating that, <laughs> so we'll try. Um, it is the first week of February, so maybe I'll just update that. So we'll see. Um, again, so it is uh, At A Ten Podcast dot com. I am Sage Jordan, and we'll see you next week. Bye.